Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 190 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, where too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Anderton, and I'm joined this week by a man who has just realized that if he pinches his nose, he sounds like Axel Rose. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? Really? Do I sound yeah. like Axel? Knock, 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 sweet child of mine. Oh, I see. I, didn't I just know went that. and saw Thor Ragnarok. I thought Thor Love and Thunder. And it's just, you know, it's like like being back at, at Lang Warren Secondary College in 1993. There's more guns and roses than you can point a stick at. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. Oh, there you go. Is that a is that a movie? Is it Thor or something or other? It's Thor. Yeah, one Love of the new Thunder. Marvel movies. I know you're all keen ah, on the uh, the old uh, Marvel. The, the, the really keen. Uh, pop culture references and things. So I, I knew you'd be sort of honed, honed right into it, but uh, were, were you keen on the, uh, where did you fall in the, um, the, the, the tight pant, you know, long hair rock of the, uh, of the early to mid nineties, mate, were you I, all over Pearl Jam and, or were you more like you know, poison mm. and warrant and that sort of stuff? I tell you what, mate, I, the Pearl Jam came to Australia. Yes. And played at the Melbourne, uh, uh, the music bowl in Melbourne. Oh yes. And I can claim to fame that I jumped the fence to get into Pearl jam and did not pay. Well, no, hang on. There might be lawyers listening. Look, if Pearl jam are listening, uh, allegedly I did, I did. Yeah. Allegedly I might've made a little donation post concert, but we may have got him for free and it was lots right. of fun. And we used to assert, we got crowd surfed down to the front and dumped out the front. Right. And get kicked out. By the uh, by, the security guards. Then we just run around, go over the fence again, come back in again. There you go. Tight. So no, very much Pearl Jam. First concert I went to. Oh, Free. really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Well, wow. Yeah, first sort of major concert I think. Yeah, worth I mean, every cent. Obviously, there were a few, perhaps in Kinder and things, where I played the clarinet or something like that. A few concerts there. Right. But, yes. But then straight to Pearl Jam, pretty much. Yeah. No. And and then a poison. Um, every rose has a thorn. I could play that on the piano. So look, mate, right. I crossed crossed all the genres. Yeah. Genres. Oh, that's good. Oh, you, you you didn't play yeah. Um, every rose has a thorn on recorder. Like that wasn't something that you covered in in primary school. <laughs> yeah, not sure it'd be suitable for you for your prep concert. For your prep kitties. Uh, 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 every cowboy has its song. Yeah. yeah, no, no, maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway. Hey, so um, so tell me what you we've um we've just been up in Queensland. You know, what sort of uh soundtrack were you listening to on the on the plane on the way home? You know, we 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 managed to get up to uh to far north Queensland and uh we, we did meet up for a uh a, a, a you know, a, a quiet beverage while watching the Tigers play. Luckily, the you know the, the first game while you're away, not the second game that you're yeah. away. Um, but one uh, wasn't so good. But thank you. Yes. Yeah. But um, and we managed to not actually be able to string a record together. So here we are back oh, no. on the. You know, so, you know, we, we could we pretend. Can, we could pretend. We, oh Look, wow! Uh, how's, how's the humidity here, Lewis? Near the Did beach, you been attacked everyone. by Darth Vader, or is that the is that the ocean? <laughs> you're doing ocean noises. Are South Vader, this is the ocean. Sounds, sounds, like, like, sounds, like, sounds like you're sticking to a leather seat. Anyway. Anyway. I'm getting sidetracked. 
We think sidetrack. We're back from the beach that has crocodiles, has snakes on it, as opposed yep. to that photo to you that you don't swim in. But I don't care, and I swim in because it's fun. It's nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> you put the wind up me, mate. When you sent me that photo last year, I did not go swimming last in year, Beecher Port. A couple of weeks. Oh, last year with the last crocodiles. Last year yes. when you sent me the, the photo of the crocs. Yep. Yeah, far out, man. I got Didn't did go. not go into the did not go into the water again. I was a little little jumpy. I saw these other people having fun going. I just don't think I can do it now. I just and don't now, think I can do and it. And now snakes on the beach, mate, just makes you even. I didn't see you anywhere near the beach anymore. What's going no. on, Robbie? No, no, no. I, was completely, I didn't even have a shower Crocs. when I was up there, mate. I was so worried. That <laughs> in fact, I, I didn't even go to the toilet. I was worried it was going to come up through the through the S-Bend. Well, yeah, that can happen. Frogs in the <laughs> toilet, definitely. All right. What's been happening, mate? What's Sorry, been happening so we've had, um, yeah, as as listeners to the uh, long-time listeners to the show will, will know, we have complicated our lives by uh, obtaining a, a small, tiny terrorist of a dog called Sage. Um, yes. She's about, about five months old now. and um, a, a whippet puppy. Yeah. A little whippet puppy. Yep. I just thought I'd uh, you know, run run you through a, a, um, a bit of an annotated list of uh, things that she's destroyed so far. Oh, so, yes. Yes. Let's hear it. So, so, so far we have gone through my $250 uh, uh, wireless headphones. Um, that was, that, that was not, not particularly fun. Um, she has gone through um, a uh, two door stoppers. Not all that great. Um, only just today she's chewed through our, our, our new wooden blinds. Um, not, not again, not great. Um, I spent three days putting these most marvelous fairy light configuration up along my fence. Um, she's managed to chew through both lots of those. And so there's um, oh, every no. time I'm going out, picking up poo, I'm finding bits of uh, bits of wire and lights and things like that everywhere around. Um, if she goes into a dark room, is she glowing internally from those or, you know, it's unplugged? Uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I haven't quite got to the point where I've tried shoving her into a PowerPoint yet, but if she keeps chewing much more, I'm going to give it a red hot crack and I'm going to see, I'm going to keep that tail inserted in there until she does glow, I think. Um, and she is absolutely just she, anything with fluff. All she wants to do is rip the fluff out. You know, it's amazing about how dogs, once they've, once they realize that something's full of fluff, they just work on it and work on it and work on it to try and pull the fluffy guts out of anything. Beds, wow. toys, teddies, Ugg boots, anything, anything. Well, so well, sounds like, sounds like you, you don't want to cut yourself around her then, mate, because, uh, whoa, the stuffing will be pulled out of you in no time. Absolutely, mate, and it's and I've got good stuffing in me as well. I've got I've got class A stuffing. It's it's really good. It's sort of it's form form holding my stuffing. It's terrific. Well, as the long time listeners would know, that you're full of fluff. So, oh, absolutely, absolutely <laughs> chock full of fluff. I'm like, I'm like the Pillberry Doughboy, just full of it. I'm like I'm like half what's that? Marshmallow. What's a what? Oh, that's from um, that's from uh, oh, the, yeah, the big store. Thor Raganoff, love and Raganoff. No, no, what? It's all right, mate. It's a thing from the states. Our American listeners will know. Oh, right, Doughboy. I'm just, I'm just trying to be re regionally inclusive to our international listeners. Um, so why, you know, why do you reckon that dogs just love pulling fluff out of things? Do you reckon it's like a a thing of when they're puppies and they, you know, their their mother dog just drops a, a rat in front of them and they got to get at the entrails. Do you think she's she's you know, sifting through all the fluff trying to find some guts to eat or it's just that it's fun? Oh, look, really putting on 
my behaviourist hat. Yes, or, not a behaviourist, but a vet with further qualifications. In you did in behaviour. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Look, and, and really, you know, having a deep dive and a delve through my mind and my memory and thoughts of studies and uh, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. Of, of teddies with fluff and yeah, teddies yeah, without fluff. Yeah, yeah. Whether where the dogs and the owners are blind as to whether or not there are there is fluff in the teddy to begin yeah, with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure it's just fun. It's just fun. Perfect. It's fun. Yeah. Fun. She looks yeah. like she she looks like she's having a hell of a good time yeah. chewing well, up who, all the crap that she's not who, supposed to. Who doesn't enjoy pulling fluff out of a teddy? I mean, seriously. It's like when you get that little thread on your jumper and it's like, it just unravels your whole jumper. Just unwraps Love the it. whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. And, and nah, is it just it, fun? Do you think it's the same level of fun chewing up bits of wire off the fence as well? And, you know, just drive. I mean, she loves chewing pots. And she, so we had um one of the nurses um house sit for us. And, um, uh, oh, she she's, said, in, she's into a bit of pot, was she? Oh, that's uh, oh, well, well, we allowed she, to mention that on the show. Like, she she's was a in, bit. She was into yeah. a lot of pots, eh? She was, she was all over the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the nurse. Sorry, I thought you were saying the nurse was into the pot. No, no, when no. they no, stayed no. over. If, if, she, if she was, there was none left because because Sage knocked off knocked off a pot. <laughs> she, she was knocking off the pot every day. There's right. pots here, there, and everywhere. Every day there was another pot. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so right. Here a pot. There, 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 goes, pot. Our, there goes our hydroponic stash. Everywhere a pot, pot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. Well, good. That's good. Did I... Is there anything else? Like I had, I had a. Um, I'll give you an example. I got a uh, um, had a chat to a, a guy today. Guy I do some exercise stuff with, and he was saying that his puppy, yeah, um, similar sort of age to Sage, I think, had uh, just uh, on the weekend ate the mine a Minecraft sword. A Minecraft sword. A Minecraft sword. Wow. Now, the younger, the younger listeners out there, they'll yes. pre- will prick up the Minecraft sword. Absolutely. And, and you, do you know what the big concern with the Minecraft sword would be, Robbie? Um, so the Minecraft sword is quite jagged. Well, it's, no, it's, it's, like a, a, it's a child's bit. toy. No, there's no sharp edges. No, oh, okay, right. Through, you're not looking at the the the, the splayed of Damocles, or the is it the the the, with the, the, the or, 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 or the blade or, or the or blade, the spork, yeah, the spork from orc. That's yeah. right, the splayed yeah. of Damocles. Just to those degen listeners out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Just to do outdo you a little bit of there you go, Bob. yeah, yeah. By 25 years, yeah, yeah well done. The splayed of Damocles. Um, the the biggest concern of it is it's got a few batteries in it, apparently. Oh right! Oh, no. the, so Jeez, the worry it must be a was decent-sized puppy. Then, well, well, who knows? It could be a well. It is a golden retriever, but <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but uh, so the concern was that uh, the owner came home and they found the the splayed of of Damocles. Yep, trash the Minecraft sword, eaten, chewed up, and there were three batteries. Right. How many did and, they find? Well, they found three batteries. Right. But good. the concern was how many are in the sword, and they couldn't remember. Right. Okay. But that, but the sword was that trash that they couldn't identify. Was it how many batteries? So they were yeah. Maybe batteries tend to come in pairs. Maybe there was a fourth one. So what they did, they googled it and they found the toy online, thankfully, and worked out no, there are only three batteries in the only Minecraft three sword. batteries. But but a big concern if your pet does swallow a battery, you really do. You know, 
they would be like, oh, wait and see what happens. It's like, well, no, guys, because gastric juices will destroy the outer coating of the battery and leak the acid into them. And then you got a big burny hole in the in their in their mm. stomach. Not good. And, not and, good that, and that's not good. That's not good at all. No, no, no. Now, no. um, Ruben had a um had a, a similar kind of experience at school yesterday. He said, Dad, I went to the toilet yesterday uh, oh. at school. And um and oh, congratulations. Two- oh, and that's not the story. Sorry, that's not the story. Continue, no, no, no. Continue. Um, oh, it's, it is pretty. You know, it, it takes a bit of guts to try and go at school. You know, yeah, I, yeah, agree. 100%, I agree. Hundred you know? percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, got to find a clean stall. Oh well, I, but back at high school, there was a guy that I knew who um uh, walked out of the teachers' toilets, and the teachers said, um, "You're not allowed in here." And he said, "Well, if you would go to the toilet in the students' one, then <laughs> I would go there. If you're not going to go there, then I'm going to go to your one." And he turned around and walked away. And I thought, "Oh, that's probably fair enough. You know, yeah, you don't know well, really much." Anyway, so well, nowadays you could probably say I identify as a staff member and just go. <laughs> You go, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, um, I've, got, I've got my hair in a ponytail, and I'm, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> holding on I, top. I, 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 teach, I teach, I teach maths and maths and science, <laughs> yes. and there we yes. go. You know, yes, yeah, yes. Um, so, so Rubes is in the toilet, and he found a couple of batteries in the, uh, or saw a couple of batteries in the, in the bottom of the toilet, and I said, oh, "What did you think they fell out of somebody? Do you think somebody didn't have their battery, you know, their, their, their battery <laughs> compartment tied up properly, and they, you know, he's going." What are you talking about, Dad? I got, I'm like, don't, don't, there's only, there's only Daddy trying to be funny, Kidding, mate. Don't yeah, try dad, and overthink it. Too that's much. a dad it's, joke. That's a dad joke. Dad it's, joke. It's, yeah, let's, yeah. Not, let's, let's back it's, this, back, yeah. back it off a little bit now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Lewis came in and said, "That's probably some batteries from somebody who's been vaping in the toilets." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in primary school yeah, no, yeah. exactly yeah those grade sixes they're, they're big into their vaping starting yeah. young it does oh, start young. Well, anyway let's so not move cool. on to that yeah it's no, not absolutely big thank you to oh, absolutely to the fine people at zilkeen lewis yes vet yes. kennel Z- zilkeen the the makers of uh of the 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 highly refined milk protein alpha cazozapine that is a mild anxiety relieving treatment it works yeah. really well for dogs and cats to try and help to relax them down. Have you? Where have you used it this week, Lewis? Well, tell me about a case where you've used it this week. Uh, I had a client say to me, um, "You know, we're going on a, on a road trip. We're moving house, moving right. into state, moving yep. into state, and uh, and we're moving. We're drive, actually driving up to Canberra with the with the dog. Right. Yeah. And the first thing I said was, Why, why? would you move to Canberra?'" Yeah. Why? Yeah, yeah. Why? And that was a good fifteen-minute discussion about. Well, you know, we're with the government, and you know, I've got a government job, and and they uh, wanted to buy. They want to buy fireworks. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Yes, and uh, and and other things that are potentially available happen in, in Canberra. Yes, that's right. And uh, and after we talked about that, I said that they then said we're a bit worried the dog's going to be a little bit anxious on the trip. Is there something we can give it? That's, you know, it's not a medication that, that's not going to have any side effects. I said, yes, there is. And I reached in the cupboard and I pulled out a box of Zilkeen. I said, oh, there you go, guys. Have a good trip. We'll, uh, we'll see you in six months when you're bored of, of Canberra. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I yeah. said, here's enough for the trip back as well, because it's guaranteed you're going to need it in six months' time. And the good thing about it is it's super duper safe, isn't it? You know, it can be used with yep. other medications. Um, we had a, um, a cat during the week that, uh, that we used it in. It was, um, yeah, a little, getting a little bit anxious and we're starting it on some treatment for, um, for arthritis as well. And so we actually, um, thought, okay, right. Well, if it's, we've got a bit of, you know, signs of some anxiety as well. Well, let's, we, we can safely treat it with the arthritis medication as well as the Zilkeen at the same time. So, uh, thanks to the good, good folks at Zilkeen for uh, all their continued support.
Yeah, thank you very much, guys. And also a big thank you to our delicate care guys, the uh, the Australian-owned, Australian-made uh, diet for dogs and cats. Um, very good this time of year. We've got a lot of, uh, I don't know about you, mate, but we're getting a lot of dogs coming in with some arthritis issues. Um, and they've got, uh, they've got obviously, of course, the, the delicate care mobility diet for the dogs with those sore, stiff joints. Um, and arthritis. So it's great with, with ingredients like glucosamine, chondroitin, green lip muscle, to name a few. Much um, better than the red lip muscle. The oh, red, red, yes. red, red lip muscle, definitely no, no good for joints. Green lipped, perfect. Green good, red bad. Red Just bad, yeah, I'll yeah. Always remember that, you know, from when I was sailing. Green re- good. Re- Red bad and, and really, really tough for our colorblind, um, you know, a green uh, for our, our, our colorblind muscle lipped, uh, you know, sort of differentiators. They have real trouble well, trying to work out the difference between the green and the red muscles. Well, d- lucky they put it into the food because dogs, being colorblind, can't tell the red and the green muscles, so they're just like they could be eating the, potentially the wrong one, and it's just not helping their joints, and they just don't know it. So, thank well, you, a, delicate what, what care. a wonderful job of delicate care doing yes. that, that they've taken the guesswork out of the dogs who could potentially eat a red lipped muscle and and then end up with some sort of terrible deleterious effect. Yes, only on, only the green lipped muscles going in there. Exactly, perfect, fantastic, and of course, it's formulated by a prof a professor of animal nutrition. So thank you very much, Delicate Care. Go to delicatecare.com.au and you can get yourself some Delicate Care food. Yeah, get it because it's good for you. Um, now, uh, And yeah, also. Yes, also. Yes, yeah, you Patreon tell us about supporters. also. You tell we us need about to thank our Patreon, you, thank supporters, our Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you very much, Patreon supporters. Uh, Sarah uh, Frazier just signed on uh, again. Oh, Sarah. Thank yeah, you very much, Sarah. We met her at the mental health ball uh, ooh, it's a couple of years ago now because of COVID. Um, hopefully, we'll meet her at the one again this year in September. So, um, certainly, uh, thank you very much, Sarah. We do. I don't think I've got your address, Sarah. So, if you do still listen to the podcast, please send me a, a um uh, uh, send us um, your address so I can post some some stickers out to you because uh, absolutely you're a very important podcast listener of ours. Thank you very and much. You, and if you would like to join Sarah in supporting the podcast, go to patreon.com, search for Two Vets Talk Bets. For as little as $2 a month, you can score yourself some stickers and yeah. stick wherever you want. Yeah, yeah. which is now, awesome. So thank you very much. Yeah. Now you've got some stuff uh Fleas, fleas, mate. What's going on there? I, I do, mate. After having the uh, spent some very wet days up in Queensland, I was uh, thought there was a very interesting article that came up at uh, on the ABC. Uh, Drawn out wet season creates ideal condition for fleas and ticks in southern Queensland. Wow! So uh, for for any uh, non Australian listeners, um, you know. Climate change has been drowning, uh, you know, the the middle part of us of Eastern Australia, oh. Sydney, Brisbane, all the way up. You know, like we copped a little bit of it up in uh, up in far north Queensland, but there's been some very, very, very wet conditions. Mm. So this is from uh, an article by Georgie Hewson that was from the 30th of June. Uh, Ticks and fleas are thriving in southern Queensland as a result of perfect conditions, with vets and pet groomers reporting an increase in the number of animals riddled with the parasites. Ooh. Riddled. Yeah. riddled, riddled, yeah, riddled. everywhere. Wow. 
Farms, homes and towns are only just starting to dry out after months of wet conditions and more rain is on its way this week, which was last week. But anyway, I'm sure they've dried out again now. <laughs> Gatton groomer Emily Spring said she had been run off her feet with dogs needing winter grooms and about half of them had been riddled with fleas. Wow. I probably do, 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 I probably do eight to ten dogs per day. Pretty hard worker. Um, and about half of them are coming in with fleas, Miss Spring said. It's because it's been very wet. The grass is long, so it's spreading easier. Yeah, maybe. Miss um, Spring said she had seen dogs come in with serious skin problems as a result, especially if they're very hairy too. Um, I've seen massive rashes and dogs that rip themselves apart trying to get rid of the, or just to get to the itch, she said. It really affects their day-to-day. I'm sure it does affect their day-to-day. Um, to woman veterinarian, Dr. David Hall, said he has also seen an increase oh, in the number holy. of... Holy, yeah. Holy, yeah. Uh, oh, mate, holy. Not the one we know, but holy. No, no different, different. I'm sure yeah. he went by holy. They all do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He also had seen an increase in the number of dogs being brought in for treatment for fleas and paralysis ticks. Oh, that's not good. Anytime we have increased moisture, there's movement of animals that carry ticks and our domestic animals that aren't resistant to toxins are susceptible, he said. All of a sudden, you'll have otherwise well animals that can't walk and have trouble breathing. So it's pretty confronting. Dr. Hall said owners could become complacent. They get a bit of a false sense of security and are a bit late on the next treatment, and then they get into trouble. Mm, Dr. Hall said that not that long ago, animals with severe flea infestations had to be euthanized, but that was no longer necessary due to the improvements in detection technology. Fleas were so much worse even 10 years ago because before some of these longer lasting products came to the market, he said. Wow. Well, I'm they not in big fleas Queensland. up there. Yeah, yeah, they were not up there. So, um, emergency, wow. emergency vet Mark Hayworth said the best defense against paralysis ticks was early detection. When it becomes advanced, it becomes difficult because life saving measures can be quite intensive and require some significant expense, Dr. Hayworth said. The best thing to do is if your animal does have tick paralysis, is to try and identify it as early as possible and get treatment, or even better, use preventative methods. So, you know, it's something that we're a little bit sort of uh, blasé and complacent with down here in, you know, fabulous southeastern Australia, because we tend to not have all that much in the way of paralysis ticks. But, um, you know, there are a few sort of sporadic cases that sort of pop up here and there, but we certainly get a lot of them up the the eastern seaboard and then extending all the way up into Sydney and Queensland. So, you know, have you had any uh, experience with treating tick paralysis dogs, mate, or...? Uh, certainly when I worked in sale, yeah, so down at Gippsland Way, yeah, we used to see occasional tick paralysis dogs sort of there, um, you know, down Bensdale Way, there's, it do get a bit of tick paralysis and I've seen, I reckon I've seen, I saw a cat in Templestowe. Um, right, yep. Yeah, which is surprising. I'm not sure if it had travelled, owners have travelled recently and I saw a little puppy from a pet shop in Turak. Oh wow! Pet, pet shop was in Richmond, but obviously the the puppy had come from uh, come from tick paralysis area. So you're right, though we are very blasé about it. And I think the the, the fantastic thing is the new products that have come on the market. Absolutely, um, that that you know, the tick and uh, preventatives are um are so much better and really hopefully minimised the amount of tick paralysis that he's seen now. So, but um, 
Have you ever euthanized a dog for a flea infestation? Is that what uh, Hawley oh, was saying? I, I, I could certainly say that I've uh, that I've euthanized plenty of fleas by squeezing them between my thumbnails, but yeah. uh, but but I wouldn't say that I've had to euthanize any dogs. I think that that may have been something that might have been sort of missed in the missed in the quote there. I, I reckon. think so. Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No, there's um, maybe maybe because of ticks. Maybe it was fleas, not ticks. I, I ticks, think not fleas. ticks, not fleas. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. that's the thing. That it's the problem with the paralysis ticks is that the because it's an ascending paralysis. So these dogs they start to get wobbly mm. in the back legs. Um. So I, I think it's about seventy-two hours after the tick attaches. Right. Um, and it's and it's a one particular tick that does it. Once the tick, the toxin starts going in, it starts to get a little bit wobbly in the back legs, and then you can uh, then start to get paralysis of the diaphragm. So then these dogs are unable to breathe. So they often need to go on a ventilator while you're waiting for the um, you know the tick antitoxin to get in and start sorting them out. But um, I think if, so, if you're in those areas, have a good talk to your vet about what are going to be the best. Uh, tick preventions for your dog and also flea preventions too, because, you know, having fleas sucks. And if they bring them into your house, all that, that sucks too. So yeah, you know, yep. have, have a talk to your vet about what the best product's going to be for you in your area. Yeah, I think so. And also sometimes the, those dogs with the tick prowls get a bit of a cough early on too. That's another little bit of a soft cough, which is a bit of a weird sign that sometimes mm. you see, but, but as well as that. Changes yeah, in of, voice too. Loss, of, loss a... of the back legs. Yeah, that's right. Yep, mm. Mark. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All righty. Good, mate. So um, I um, this is sort of related. So I might go on to this. This is, uh, this is an article I saw in the uh, uh, Sydney Morning Herald. It must be... Uh, when uh, from Kerry Sackville, when my cat started losing the hair on her stomach, I felt utterly overwhelmed. I already had so many things on my mind and so many things to do. Now I had to wrestle and now I had to add wrestle meowing cat into box and schlep to the vet. To the you had to schlep to the vet. Schlep to the vet. Right. The vet. Gee whiz. Life, a, is a, you know. life is a lot right now for me. For all of us to paraphrase friends. TV show. It hasn't been our day, our week, our month, or even our year. We're all still reeling from the pandemic. Well, that's not that's not from Friends. That's from the song. Yeah, not to and get the, pedantic. And they didn't really talk about the pandemic in Friends either. But anyway, no, it's it's it works for the article, I guess. <laughs> Housing prices are through the roof. Petrol prices sky high. Half the supermarket shelves are bare. We can't find lettuce for our salads, and even if we could, we can't afford them. Interest rates are going up. Ukraine is going down. America is going to hell. And global warming aren't, warming ain't going away. Wow. And you thought this was a fun podcast. And no wonder she slept off to the vet. Mm. She, we're she's, all, in a, she's in a real, real sad state. We're all overwhelmed. We're all stressed. If only I was my cat, I often think. How lovely it would be to sleep all day. How lovely it would be to have no responsibilities, no concerns, and no existential angst. How lovely it would be to have never heard of systemic racism or inflation or corruption or the bear market or the health care crisis. How lovely it would be to not have to worry about your children's future or your electricity bill or the flu. Yeah. You're so lucky. Apart from I'd cat flu. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You're so lucky, I told the cat as I drove her to the vet. Sure, her nether regions were now completely bald and she started to lose some hair on her right hind leg but it was probably just eczema or fleas. If only all problems were as easily solved, I thought as I carried her whimpering inside. 
The hair loss is due to over-grooming, the vet told me. Your cat is stressed. Yes. My mouth fell open. She's stressed. I'm, I'm stressed. The cat just sleeps and purrs. What is she stressed about? Global inequality? Job instability? Australia's shameful treatment of refugees? Did she absorb stress from me by osmosis? And who's going to fall next? Are my house plants? Pots. The pot's going to develop anxiety. She'll need extra pats, extra treats, a firm routine, and some zilkine. Yes. Continued. Do you have any questions? I had so many questions. What does the future hold? Will there be a monkeypox pandemic? Will my kids be able to afford their own homes? Are aliens about to land on Earth? Does cabbage taste good in a KFC burger? <laughs> Will that work for humans, I ask? Can you prescribe me some zilkine? Wow. The vet sighed. Quite frankly, she looked stressed too. And that is the end of the article. But... I did want to touch a little bit on it. Yes. Because I think we're being a little bit flippant with the causes for what we call feline psychogelic. 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 Like when you've had wow. too much pot or LSD. Yeah. It's like in the 60s. you become psychogelic. Yeah. It's psychogelic, baby. Feline psychogenic, psychogenic. alopecia. Yes, which alopecia is, is meaning it, hair loss. Yes, which is a common diagnosis, but perhaps a little bit overdiagnosed Ooh. by vets, I feel, these days. Um, and it's more over, overdiagnosed because it's often hard to actually diagnose what the problem for the hair loss in the cats might be. So it's much easier to put it down to some kind of inherent oh, stressed stress response. But there was a little study that was done, a little cool little study was done, uh, by Waste Glass, S-E-S-L, in 2016. Now, they looked at 21 cats, so not a huge study. But what they did find is that 76% of cats that had this hair loss, belly hair loss inside thighs, you know, from over-grooming, mm-hmm. 76%, is, so three-quarters of them, had purely physical causes. Oh, so 75% of them had a physical cause. So physical cause could be fleas. Yep. Uh, could be an allergy to something. Allergies. Yep. An infection, maybe. Uh, maybe a contact allergy. Something like that. 50, 60% of them, they thought, had a food allergy or an adverse right. food reaction. Right. So they okay. something that caused, caused food allergy. Half of them. Lots of different reasons. Multifactorial. Maybe they had fleas and they had skin allergy. Um, And only about 10% of them were purely psychogenic alopecia. So that's two cats. Yeah. Yeah. Two out of 21. Nine and a half percent, if you want to. Yeah. Okay. And then three out of 21 had, they thought, psychogenic alopecia and some sort of physical problem. So they had fleas as well or they had a food allergy as well, or maybe they had ringworm or something like right. that. And it was, so there's a little bit of, you can have something that starts it like yeah. please. And then you get a bit of a secondary sort of habit, psychogenic sort of process to it. So it's a little bit, so you do need to be really careful with those cats. And it's, it's a, it's a great article. It's quite funny, yeah. but do need to realize that 
with those cats, if you've got a cat that is losing hair on its tummy, over grooming, you've got to look at some physical, potential physical causes first. And one of the most common ones is, is definitely fleas is, is yeah. the number one. So make sure they're on a regular fee treatment. If you've been on the same flea treatment for their whole life, potentially, think about, well, maybe you've got some resistance to fleas. That's a possibility. Maybe I need to change to a different product, perhaps a newer product different brand, something like that, 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 to treat that first before you go rushing off to the vet for that zilkeen to help yeah. treat, treat the problem. Well, I think one of the, um, one of the things you bring up with that as well is that, you know, in terms of treating for stress and, you know, there's no way, you know, there's no definitive then treatment for so zilkeen is great. helps, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, a lot of the times for these sort of nebulous diseases, like I often say to clients, we need to treat the things that we know we can treat for and then see yeah. what we've got left. Spot on. So, so, you know, what, what can we, what's the easiest thing to treat for fleas? Okay. Right. So if you haven't been on flea treatment and that's what we're going to do first. Um, and if you've been on flea treatment, we might change. Let's do a food trial and, yeah. you know, and, and compliance. You know, do, actually sticking to the food trial is so important if you are doing a food trial, because if those cats eat anything else that's outside of that food trial, then you've kind of wasted your time with it. Um, yeah. And that's where the delicate care comes in, mate. Skin and stomach. Great absolutely. food trial. What, Novel what protein. Novel protein. Yes. Um, and so you, know, you want to try and tick off any of those yeah, what things can you do that you can actually rule in or rule out that's basically like a treatment trial? And so it is a bit of a journey. It's not one yeah. of those things where you go, hang on, we can rub a trout over their head and then, you know, um, flip a coin and say, hey, you know, this is what your cat's got. But yeah, um, yeah. as you say, like it was, it was a small study, but, you know, it still does give you an indication of that not all of them are just going to be stress, that there certainly could be other uh, other factors that could be causing it. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I, you know, sometimes I will look at those things a little bit. It might not be, you know, and, and often they come to me because of the behavioural aspect of, of the clinic. And sometimes I do actually do something like a little bit of a steroid trial mm. on them. And that can sometimes, so yeah, it's hard because you can have multifactorial, but sometimes a little bit of steroid trial takes the itch out of it. So then you're sort of ruling out or ruling in or out allergies potentially. Um, and then you know, if they're still doing it, and they're not itchy, well, then either maybe it's habit or maybe it's truly psychogenic alopecia. So mm-hmm. just so we touch on that, I mean, things we then do, you know, if we're looking at that true anxiety stuff, you're looking at reducing anxiety, stress, is there renovations coming, uh, you know, around the place? Is there a new person in the house? Is there a new baby in the house? If there is a new baby, hopefully you've read my book, haven't brought it up for a while, tell your dog, tell your cat you're pregnant. Sales are down a little bit, are they? Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah so, mate, sort of quieted off a little bit. Yeah, well, I just had a holiday. Tell you, cat, you're pregnant. Essential guide <laughs> for cat owners expecting a baby. If there is a baby on the way, great little uh, book there that uh, you can do. You know, increase enrichment, interaction with the with the cat. Uh, you know, um, slow release food devices. Perhaps trying to do a little bit more of a routine, um, playing with the cat, more interacting. Those sorts of things, trying to reduce stress. And of course, then there's the supplements like the Zilkeen, Feliway. Um, and maybe even some medication if we do really come down to, yes, it, mm. is, it, it is certainly anxiety-based. So there you go, mate. Great little article, but I thought it raised some interesting stuff. So, yeah. Sounds good. Well, what a, what, a, what a good thing to bring to the table. Good stuff. Excellent. All right. And li- this uh, a special treat. 
come to the best part of the podcast, mateys. Yes. We uh, very recently, when we were both um, on holidays, we did a very special interview on a, a brand new treatment for skin conditions in it's our very pets. novel, very novel yes. new, new treatment. It's a, it's, it's a treatment that, uh, that heals skin conditions twice as fast, and it does not involve medications or antibiotics. Awesome. And you... The listener, you're hearing it first here on Two Vets Talk Pets, or maybe second if you listen to other podcasts or you haven't been hiding under a rock for the last couple of months. In which case, welcome back to the real world. Exactly. Essentially, during our recent holidays, Robbie and I and myself caught up with the head veterinarian from Veterinary. Did you say Robbie and I and myself? Yes. Yes. All well, three there's, of there's two of us, my alter ego. Yes. I and myself. Was it your alter ego that didn't press record or is it actually you nah. that didn't press record? Hey, we did get there. You reminded me. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so we met up with a head vet from Vetekinol and we went on to discuss the new light therapy treatment that they've brought out. So let's roll the tape. Alrighty, guys, uh, we have a very special guest on the podcast today who I uh, I met this wonderful person and vet uh, when I was up at the recent AVA conference on the Gold Coast. And uh, and I was thoroughly impressed with, uh, with a new groundbreaking light therapy uh, that she was showing me uh, for skin conditions in pets. And I thought, well, we need to get her on the show. Um, her name is Dr. Jane Hume, and I'll give you a little bit of her bio as, as I found on, uh, on Wikipedia earlier today. She's graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Zoology, Animal Biology and Genetics from the University of Queensland in 2005. Um, and then Jane went on to achieve her honours degree in 2010. Her vast experience extends to working in companion animal surgeries and providing specialist services in both Australia and the UK. Jane further her studies, adding a Master of Veterinary Science and is a member of the Australian New Zealand College of Veterinary Scientists in Small Animal Radiology. Dr. Jane Hume is also Vetekinol Australia's Technical Service vet, uh, Veterinarian. Well, welcome, Jane, to the Two Vets Talk, Pet Pod, Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, and thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks, Lewis and Robbie. No worries. Good, glad to have you. And uh, yeah, it's always great when the host can't even get the name of the podcast out. You know, it's uh, yeah, we've only, only been on this uh, yeah, right riding down this road for 180 odd episodes, but that's right. We'll get it one day, mate. We're all good. And, um, and so how do we go? How do we go with Wikipedia? That that, uh, that, that summed you up pretty well. <laughs> Sound, sound, sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Collecting letters yeah, as they get older. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Nice one. Uh, now, tell her, Jane. Um, so yeah, Lewis, he sent me a photo of him uh, at the conference, all uh, you know, regaled in his uh, in his magical uh, orange glasses, and he said, "Mate, look at this." And I said, "Lewis, what's fovea? What's fovea light therapy?" And Lewis, being Lewis, Jane, he could only give me a you know, somewhat sort of truncated idea of what's going on. So, can you give us some more uh, in depth idea of what is fovea light therapy yeah no worries so fovea um, is the light therapy uh, kit that we've got in um, australia and new zealand it's a non-invasive um, and it's in clinical um, therapy solution it utilizes um, some cool technology that's previously only been available to us humans um, the fovea light therapy um, system it overall shows to accelerate the treatment of skin and wound 
infections and inflammation, um, such as your typical hotspots that you may see in your Labradors and those wounds that you might see coming in um, on cats after a weekend out. Um, it's available in Australia and New Zealand um, over here um, at the moment, and it's through the vet clinic, and we've got it for both cats and dogs at this stage. Um, it's a cool little system. It uses a combination of a topical gel and an LED blue light, um, and it has some scientific papers behind it to prove that it has um, acceleration of, of skin and wound healing um, in these dogs and cats. Fantastic. That sounds, that sounds really interesting. I um. I actually, I just want to go a script kind of a little bit. I know we've got a little little run through sheet, but you know, as the listener knows, you know, we're very, very deep and thoughtful, you know, sort of podcast. We really get down to the nitty gritty. So I just wanted to off, off script, uh, you know, I did want to ask, you know, and I took this off your Q&A off the website. You know, what is light in relation to Albert Einstein's quantum theory, Jane? Oh, that's a good one. Look, <laughs> no, no, uh, no, I won't do that to you. <laughs> I can go into it if you like, but you might need oh, a wow. cup of tea or something stronger and a couple more hours um, <laughs> uh, to extend uh, for listener viewing and um, uh, listening content. Yeah, definitely. No, look, really, how, how does it work? I mean, what's what, you know, how does the light sort of heal the tissues? What's the sort of, what's the principle behind it? Yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool um, technology. Um, I must say that light's been around and used in medicine uh, for a long time. It's not a new concept. It has been used in humans um, for some time. As you know, light plays a, um, a daily um, role in our um, everyday lives, um, helps us synthesise vitamin D, and especially for plants, everyone's um, familiar with the process of photosynthesis where plants use um, sunlight to convert into energy that they then use to fuel to grow. So when we talk about um, fovea and light therapy, um, when we talk about our lamp, our lamp admits uh, um, a blue light. It's not a UV light. Um, so our light is in that blue light spectrum, um, just so um, the listeners understand um, that concept there. Is it in the um, similar sort of blue light spectrum to the ones that they have at the discos and things like that that Lewis goes to where it sort of makes his puffy white shirts glow up nice and purple? Is it that in a similar sort of wavelength to that, Jane, or are we sort of a slightly up or down on the spectrum? A similar wavelength um, and to that, if you, if you um, get a blue light and you put some um, tonic water under it, the quinine um, in the tonic water actually fluoresce. So that's sort of oh. the technology that we're, um, we utilise here in, in for our pets. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, quite cool. And, and in a similar vein, is it is it anything like the blue light that's put in the toilet so that Robbie can't go into the toilet and do the things that he likes to do in the toilet? Is there anything like that? Uh, unfortunately not we're a bit more scientific than that fair enough fair enough no good no excellent yeah how do uh, um so so, so let, let's go let's go back to the blue light before i die uh you know before i get thro thrown under the uh doing strange things in public toilets bus thank you very much for that Lewis. um so you so so you're saying the blue the blue light the um what is it so what's it what's in the gel you know so so you're saying that there's gel and also the blue light how do those two things sort of do the you know do the magical boogie to to make it work yeah no that's quite cool so the phobia system there's two parts there's the the um lamp the led lamp that produces that blue light and then there's a um, topical gel it has a cool molecule in it called chemophores um, and chemophores are the molecule that's activated by the light so when you put the blue light on this gel, um, you get this magical thing happen called fluorescent light energy. So the blue light gets converted into um, a multiple wavelengths. So you also get then your green light, your yellow light, your red light. Um, together with that initial blue light, 
that goes um, through multiple uh, layers of um, tissue in the skin um, and that helps um, with healing um, and regeneration of tissues. So um, that process of fluorescent light energy um, helps stimulate the cell's own natural healing processes. And that overall process has a cool name called photobiomodulation. Just a big mouthful for anyone who's out there um, listening in after work. That is a very cool. That's a that's an awesome name. That's certainly that's going to get you plenty of uh, you know, use up plenty of your tiles on Scrabble, Jane. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so basically, the gel works like a almost like a little prism. So it's sort of the blue light hits it, and then it refracts out further. But then just the gel just helps to focus it at the um, sort of more cellular level. Is that kind of a a way of thinking of the way that it works? No, that is a good way of thinking it. So um, the gel splits that blue light um, and in the process gives off energy. Um, yeah, in the right. process of that um, gives multiple wavelengths. Um, so you end up with a, a rainbow, rainbow spectrum. Um, each of those wavelengths will act on different cells and different thicknesses and different layers in the skin. So um, it'll help process, um, stimulate processes um, in whatever that layer is. So if it's hitting the top layer of the skin, it'll help with um, your epithelial cells. If it's going all the way down to the deep layers, it helps with that inflammation and blood vessel growth um, and closure of wounds. So quite cool. Yeah. So so I guess on that then, what are the what are some of the um, applications? Like yeah, you, you sort of mentioned a couple of them earlier on, you know, with things like hotspots and, um, and, and were you saying cat bite abscesses as well? You know that, that it's a possible. You know, what what are the what are the applications that you know Lewis and I will be uh, you know donning the uh, the yellow goggles and grabbing the blue light out to use when we get back to work? So there's a fairly um, wide spectrum of where you can use this um, fluorescent light energy, this photobiomodulation um, in practice. Um, definitely different um, skin conditions. Um, so your typical hotspot pyodermas, your protodermatitis, um, commonly known as your foot inflammation that you might see typically um, with your, your staphies and your ATP animals, um, so allergy animals. Definitely in wounds, we've got some um, really cool case studies on um, use in wounds after dogfight attacks or hit by cars, um, definitely abscess-based type things as well. So you can definitely use it with the gold standard um, uh, use of therapy that vets are already doing. Um, so commonly things with your wounds like flushing out and debriding, you, you may or may not have to do some sort of surgical techniques there as well, um, oral antibiotics, topical solutions, um, but fovea can be added in um, with that as well. Um, and there's definitely some situations when you might have something just like a little skin rash um, or allergy inflammation on your animal where you can just use fovea by itself. And um, we've got some pretty cool studies that back that up as well. I'm thinking of a couple of cases that I'm actually dealing with at the moment, Jane, and suddenly I've got my, my, my thought process run. Um, how about things like immune-mediated disease and things like um, uh, you know, calling nose and things like that? Like, would it be you know, potential applications for things like that too? Yeah, so we're always um, broadening the spectrum of what it's being used on. Um, we have uh, good studies and case data for um, a lot of indications, but that's always expanding. Um, for your, your typical conditions, as long as the animal's not on any medication that may increase photosensitivity. Um, so if you think of your doxycyclines out there um, or they're not an animal that has a genetic photosensitivity type condition um, or you've got an immune system um, condition that 
will cause you to be photosensitive, um, you can definitely use fovea. So there's not a lot of contraindications out there because animals that have true photosensitivity conditions are fairly rare. Um, and because we're going through vet channels, your vet will know if you're on a medication already or the pet's on a medication already. Um, I should say that we're, we're not going to use it. But definitely most of the time, um, you just add it in with your multimodal approaches or if you need to use it um, as a single um, light therapy, um, you, you certainly can go ahead and um, you can always reach out to the team here as well um, to, to check if you need. Fantastic. I must say, you talk about case studies, you had some amazing photos of, of the progress of some huge wounds on, look like, I think it was a couple of dogs you, you showed at the at the conference at the stand and and the healing that came came along using the light therapy was, was, was incredible. It was really impressive. And I think you also mentioned that it's quite useful for those dogs that have got anti-multi-antibody resistance. Is that something that um, uh, that it can be used for as well? Yeah, so we're definitely collecting um, data and studies um, as we go along. There'll be more publications on that at the end of the year, but um, we believe it can be um, useful to, to add in, in in these sorts of cases because it's not an antibiotic, and I'll definitely um, state that it's not an antibiotic, but the way it can um, help reduce and, and target um, microbes is um, through the process of that blue light and that fluorescent um, biomodulation going on, it can cause some damage, uh, free radical damage in these microbes and, and lead to death. So if you've got a resistant case, um, you can still um, help accelerate healing um, in that case with using um, your fluorescent biomodulation. Um, in the case of those resistant animals um it's definitely something worth exploring fantastic okay excellent and um uh i guess just a query given we're using sort of a light therapy kind of thing i did have to put the orange sort of sort of goggles on um so the whole sort of unit it comes with a, a light unit if uh if i'm a, a listener out there can i just buy a tube of gel myself and just just turn on turn on a, a, a get one of those lights from from uh from from robbie's uh wherever we said robbie was getting them from and and just uh treat my own pet or how do i go about sort of how do we go using it what's what's how's it sort what form does it come in? Um, so as far as the vet clinics go, we're, we're going through veterinary channels at this right. stage because um, we do want to use it correctly. It is very safe to use, but um, no use turning up with your pet to the disco on a, um, on a Saturday night. <laughs> um, probably not going to do anyone any good and, and um, everyone's going to go home with ringing ears, especially your dog um, and your cat <laughs> would not appreciate the glitter. Um, so well, we, we could use a bit of Zilkine in there at that stage just to calm the pet down to, to go into the disco. Definitely throwing in some silk in the mix would help. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. uh, we all we all like disco cats, but on silking um, for sure makes for good content. Um, but yeah, the, the blue light and, and the gel itself is a unique system. Um, so if you um, use the gel with a different light, you're not going to get the results. If you use the light with a different gel, you're not going to get the results. So um, it, it's specifically formulated um, for this use. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so the so you need to contact your vet and say, hey, have you got any? You got some of the fovea light therapy, and if they don't, then uh, tell them they need to get some. So, listener out there, correct. <laughs> yeah. So, so with the use of the blue light and things like that, you know, and you're talking about spectrum, so it's not it's not in that UV spectrum. So, you know, as far as the light that's coming out, you know, because what's the the risk to the surrounding skin and things like that? 
Yeah, good question. Um, so the area that we are um, doing the um, thoracic light therapy on, um, it's the about a 15 um, centimetre diameter area and we're just using it on, the, on that second and you can expand as you go um, but that's uh, where you initially start and you can do it on much larger areas and because it's not UV um, you don't have um, issues with, with thermal burns or cellular damage or any genetic changes um, so I know some people would probably put their hand up and go hey what about cancer risks mm. there's no cancer risks with phobia um, and they've definitely done the safety studies on that because the blue light um, that's being admitted isn't in the UV spectrum um, and the lamp is definitely um, classified and had um, all the safety studies on it to say that it's um, not at risk of um, creating UV exposure and likewise the gel is just a topical gel it's on there for two minutes and wiped off it's not absorbed into the animal or the wound at all um, so no safety risk there. Excellent. So, so what's the reason behind wearing the orange goggles then? So the orange goggles, you'll notice if you put them on, and owners can definitely uh, come into the room and, and um, be present with their pets. So that's a definite bonus um, because if you've got an animal that may be a bit nervous going to the vets, you've added some zilk in and you've done that sort of stuff already, you, you want to have the pet on your lap. Um, the owners can bang on a pair of goggles and, and be on there as well. So um, the goggles, they're, they're quite a... Um, nice fluorescent orange in colour um, and they cancel out the, the blue and the light so um, you can't actually really see the light once you've got the goggles on. Um, so the blue light admitted um, by the lamp, it doesn't pose a risk to your eyes under correct use. Um, it can just be a little bit abrasive so um, that's why those goggles are there um, just to help with comfort levels. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I think I do love about it is like, like you said is that they don't the pets don't necessarily need an anaesthetic to use it either as you know if they can be in their owner's hands the owner you know can be cuddling them in their lap or whatever um and then you know, we can apply the gel on the on the 15 centimeters or so of, of wound up to 15 centimeters do the light therapy which is is it a two minute cycle you, you said yeah so you've got um a couple options with how it's used but the the most popular one is um you pop pop the gel on you illuminate two minutes the lamp turns itself off you take that gel off of course all those chemicals have done their fluorescent uh, magic um some new gel on and, and then um uh, put the light on for another two minutes so it's a total of four minutes illumination on that one side so usually the owner will come in and um, with their pet once a week um just until you get clinical resolution and that's the most popular um way that it's being used in practice cool and and any, um, like, do you need to be, does it need to be bandaged afterwards or anything like that? Or it's basically just, you know, put, put your cream on, does the electro boogie with the, with the blue light and then just treat it any other way that you would normally do it. Like, you know, the gel and stuff is safe if, you know, you don't quite get all of it off and the dog has a bit of a lick at it or something like that afterwards. Yeah, no, the, the, the gel is safe. Um, if, if you had a Labrador unsupervised in a vet practice and ate, um, tubs and tubs and tubs of it you, you may see some vomiting um just that, that's what that's labrador labrador anyway jane you know that's <laughs> that, that, that that's within the spectrum of normal exactly. you know, spe species expectation with a labrador but we've, we've never seen anything like that um a global um level and this has been used in um thousands of animals now so we we don't expect anything if the dog has a, a little lick of the gel that's fine sometimes the gels um cleaned off with the, the wound um, in a sterile fashion. 
Um, otherwise, it's just removing the gel. There's no need to keep it on there. There's no harm if, it, if a bit is left behind because it isn't topically absorbed. But um, we follow the rule book that says, yeah, we, we remove it off, um, especially in a sterile fashion. If it, it's a wound and you treat that wound as normally would if it's just a bit of inflammation a hot spot those type of other um, allergy and infections um, you'd go on and treat that as you normally would um, and um, revisit your vet as required in between times otherwise you come and pop back in on a weekly basis um, for your, um, your light therapy with your phobia. Um, is it a little bit of a might be more of a sort of techno question you know to you know from the vet side of things if you've done surgery and you've got a wound that is looking inflamed or the stitches have pulled through, um, is there a, a time frame where you guys say time after therapy, uh, before, uh, sorry, after surgery, before putting the gel on? Yeah, is there like a, you know, wait so many days after surgery or happy for the gel to go on straight away if the wound's looking inflamed within a couple of days after surgery? Yeah, I think you get the nail on the head there. You always have some inflammation post-surgery, but whether that's just normal post-surgical inflammation um, from an incisional wound versus you've got something further going on down the track and that further going on down the track usually happens um, three, four days later. And there's no reason why you can't um, start using fovea on those wounds at that stage. The studies we have for surgical wounds is that they're used on the incision the very next day. Um, but most of the time, you won't see um, any unusual information for three full days. So if you've got concerns, you can definitely use it um, at that stage. And we do have um, studies all the way down to the cellular level um, that shows it does increase wound strength and healing um, at that cellular level. So if the vets are worried about the wound breaking down or that inflammation um, causing pain and um, havoc at that surgical site, um, it, we can use fovea there. What sort of what sort of a level of tissue penetration do you have as well? So, say you've got your surgical wound, and you know there's subcutaneous swelling. You know, is it only just going to be in that in that sort of outer dermal layer, or will it? You know, how far through will it will it get? Will the chromophores get the get the light penetrating through? So it's probably you know I'm I'm sort of. Yeah, you know, I am getting a little bit lease sales now, Jane. I did promise you. I said, oh, look, it's pretty light. It's pretty good. And now I'm, I'm you know, getting Spanish Inquisition in you. I apologize. <laughs> um, so the red wavelength, that's the deepest um, of the ones that we get with the fluorescent light energy. Um, that'll penetrate all the way down to six millimeters. Um, so that's your lower dermis, your hypodermis. You don't need to go lower than that because then you're not in the realms of skin. Mm. Um, and, and that's where we're um, really targeting. So um, those lower levels are where um, a lot of your important um, cells are. So your inflammatory cells, your, your blood vessels um, and your wound stability um, sort of formation cells live down in that layer. So it'll go all the way down to where you need it for your wounds. Not, not to be outdone with um, you know, Robbie's touch on the highbrow questions again. Can, can we just circle back to Einstein's uh, quantum? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I've actually got one last question. I think it came from my daughter uh, when I said to her that we're doing an interview with light therapy. And she was like, dad, what's all that about? And I sort of was trying to tell her the, you know, the little bit on you, but obviously I know a lot more now, Jane. It's fantastic. Um, but she was sort of saying, and her question, look, I'll do it in a little bit of a roundabout way because I know it's not registered, it's only registered for use in animals. But if hypothetically I was a vet and, and, uh, and I'd been bitten badly by a cat maybe a few days ago and I was holding a dog 
for an owner to do light therapy. And I happened to just get a little bit of the gel just on my cat wound. And while I was holding the dog and the light went onto my hand, is that likely to help with that cat wound, do you think? Or is it just you don't really know where that's going? <laughs> I don't really know. It depends if you're on a dog onesie or not. Um, but... he's, he's got four of them, Jane. So, <laughs> so there's a very good chance that he... You know, you know, you've got a four out of seven chance that one day it will be at work in the dog onesie. So in the dog onesie. Well, if you're in the dog onesie, it, it, it may help. But the, the formulation of this gel is um, animal only for the formulation, but there are definitely um, products out there on the human tech side of things that um, we have adopted um, the technology from. So it's been used long-term in humans. Wow. So, um, chronic diabetic ulcer, wound healing, uh, from dermatological conditions, um, rosetta, bad acne, um, uh, through to multiple other um, conditions and burns. So, um, yes, ours is formulated off that, but it's formulated for our animal skin and um, skin pH. It's a bit different. Um, also, we don't have, you know, funky hair and um, other fun things going on, and we sweat a bit different, so... Um, definitely got a bit of a difference in our skin, but not too much if you're in a dog onesie. I feel that that's a backhand compliment to, to myself. Funky hair and then one to Robbie, the sweating. Gee whiz, Jane, you really <laughs> sum both of us up there. Um, thank you so much, Jane. That's just been amazing. Uh, really, really interesting. I think the thing I love about it is it's, is it's a, a new therapy that um, – that doesn't involve you know antibiotics. There's there's none of that resistance issues. Uh, it's multimodal. You can add it on to two if you're using antibiotics, or add it on to other therapies you're using, like washes or or creams that you're using. Um, it's just a fantastic new product. So, what's the best way? If I, we do have some quite a few vets that do listen as well to the show um, and nurses, um, what um, what sort of um, how can they get onto you if they want to know more about it or they want about stocking at their clinic? Um, what's the best way to get onto you? The, the best way to get onto us um, is uh, contact um, Vaticanol um, directly. Um, if you need to Google us, um, you can easily Google us by um, spelling our name out. Um, <laughs> it's V-E-T-O-Q-U-I-N-O-L um, for anyone out there playing alone at home. Um, and we do do have um, uh, a one eight hundred number that you can also um, contact us on um, if you need as well, and that's um, one eight hundred oh three two three five five for uh, anyone else playing um, the Fovia Bingo um, at home. There, so we've got that available. Um, we are. Um, have lovely people on the front desk um, for Australia, New Zealand here that can um, direct some of our um, team to call the vets back. Um, I'm certainly on hand as well for any additional um, Einstein tech questions that are needed. <laughs> no advice for the dog ones, you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very nice. Alrighty, Jane, thank you so much for coming on board. And um, and we, we looked at maybe, maybe we'll have you again uh, some other time to chat a bit deeper about it. You got anything else, Robbie, there? Yeah, I was just going to say, Lewis, I can't believe you, uh, you you left this one on the table. Thank you very much, Jane. It's been very enlightening. You know, it's a low-hanging fruit, Lewis. You know, how could you not go for that one? It was, it was right there. Anyway, I'll leave, I'll leave those for you, mate. All good. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jane. It's been great. No worries. Thanks for having me. Wow. How about that, Lewis? Fovia. 
Oh, saving, I know, mate. Saving the world. Imagine the, you know, that when those little particles do their little electric boogaloo, choo, choo, just choo. underneath that blue light, and then and then away they go. And uh, and and what what a wonderful, you know, under the bus throwing you gave of me of uh, you know <laughs> me and my experiences under you know, in public places under blue lights. Just well, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you, you started the show with Ruben in the toilet, mate, and I thought I'd just continue it through. It's called a callback. A callback. It's called nice. a callback. Yeah, for, for those those novice novices out there, that's a novice, callback. Yeah, they're, they're just for, for those playing at home, this is the, the sort of the professionalism you get from 190 <laughs> episodes. It is, it? So and 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 that's a callback seed that we sowed two weeks ago. So then we could call back to something that we yeah. mentioned today and some of your, oh. it's, it's seamless. It's like, it's, a, it's, it's like a multiverse of madness. And and without a doubt, the best was when I, you know, uh, managed to mispronounce two vets talk pets podcast and really stumbled over it. Great, great, great little start to the interview. Wasn't it? We just, Perfect. we are, we are, yeah, we so are just, professional. It, that's the word. So professional. professional. Yeah, Pro mate. professional. Absolutely. On, that's, mate. that's why we get paid all those big podcast dollars because we are <laughs> professional. professional. Hey, Mr. Andy, professional. look out. Here we come. Woof. Speaking of professional, <laughs> let's get the disclaimer before we get too professional. All advice on the show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. We do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification or if you really enjoy the, the thought of Fovia's electric boogaloo. <laughs> Very nice, mate. Very nice. And if you have got any questions about Fovia, oh, certainly hit us up. Goodness. They they like they they would love for our listeners mm. to ask some questions. So we've mm. got the, we've got we've got the direct line to the head vet now. So if um so if anybody's got any questions on Ovia, please send them to us, and we will we will we'll put them to the uh to the good people at Vet Kinol, and we'll uh we'll we'll hit them up for you. Well, we give out uh, Dr. Jane's uh, mobile number, mate. Is that is that, <laughs> sure? is that, is that all right? Is that uh, sure. we, we can't? We, can we just get it back on the line that? Uh, uh, no, she's gone. Sorry, she's, she's gone just, now. Just oh, gone. that's a shame. Anyway, yeah, guys, right. you can send us an email though. Yeah, to five five five. <laughs> d- d- yeah, yeah. Two vets talk pets at gmail.com. If you had a question, we are on the socials. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on on uh, on Instagram. Robbie's on Be Real. If you want to be real, be real. That's that's the one I'm on this week. You haven't heard about be real. I haven't heard about be real. No, no, it's it's really not for for the curated influencer like yourself. Isn't it really? It's more uncurated. It's uh, you get a notification during the day, and uh, and you just got to take a photo at that time. Whatever you're doing at that moment, being real, I take it. Being real, take photo of me being real. It takes a front photo and a back photo, so it takes you at the same time, and then you post it up to your friends. And there's no curation. It's it's been great. Robbie is hectic on it, so get on there. Find uh, what is it, uh, Doctor Doctor. Dr. Roddy, Rod, Rod Anderson, I forget. Anyway, look him up. He's, I'm sure wow. he's there. Yeah. Is it, is it, and, and so, it, um, I mean, that'd be a problem if you were an incredibly regular person and your, uh, your, 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 your thing comes through at the same time yeah. every day and people just have to see you in the, in the smallest room in the house. That'd be no good, especially if there was a, then a battery in the toilet. Your thing, mate. I'm not sure. Oh, back to the toilets. There's a callback for you. There we go. Bring it Second right time. End. That's professional. That's Bring double it professional. Third time. Third, Third time. time. Third time he visited the toilet this episode. <laughs> Gee, was All right. Maybe we need to crack, cover chronic diarrhea next time. We made a <laughs> yes. third, third trip to the toilet. 
Yes, definitely. All righty. I reckon that's a wrap. What do you think? Sounds good to me, mate. All righty. Scratch you later. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.